Eagles Entertainment. The journey to the draft is driven by AAA. AAA, roadside is their strong side. Make AAA a part of your game day today. AAA, go ahead. With the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. I'm your host, Fran Duffy. We've got a fun show here with day two of the East-West Shrine Bowl in the books. Uh, Myself and Chris McPherson, we're going to break down some of the big things we took away from practice here after we discuss what we saw in in Monday night's National Championship game, LSU coming up with the big win over Clemson. So we're going to hit on that in Draft Buzz. Next up, pick six. C-Mac and I are going to pick six players that really stood out at Tuesday's practice. And then we've got Mr. Relevant, a little bit of a uh, blast from the past. We've got Bo Wolf from The Athletic joining the show. Talk about some of the guys that have stood out to him during his time here in St. Petersburg. After that, we're going to get our unofficial visit from North Dakota State defensive end Derek Tuska, a very talented player who's made some flashes here. Another national championship for the the Bison out in North Dakota, and Derek's going to talk about that and a little bit of uh, the Carson Wentz influence still going on up there with the Bison. And then after that, we're going to get the draft mailbag, a couple of questions from you at home. But let's get things going. It's time for Draft Buzz. Before we get to that, though, again, the number one way to support the show, I say it at the top of every show, go on, rate, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. It's the best way to give us some support as, some, as everybody now is kind of getting caught up with NFL draft season. All right, now let's get things going. Draft buzz at the top. It's C-Mac and I talking about LSU Clemson and some of the impacts for the NFL draft. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, C-Mac, let's get into it. Uh, we, we watched the national title game, uh, LSU coming out on top. I made the prediction late last night's episode before we went to go watch the game. You didn't uh, erase uh, it from – No, I don't think – Peter, did we uh, We didn't erase it? I'm going to get the, the thumbs down. No, I, it, it did make it. I did predict Clemson would win. Um, look, uh, Trevor Lawrence had – you know, didn't have, didn't have his best game, uh, was not sharp overall, but Joe Burrow was – Joe Burrow was ridiculous, man. He's he's really, really good. He's a really good Six player. Six total touchdowns. Yep. And Clemson's defense, which you talked a lot about on the podcast yesterday and uh, in the in the uh, Journey to Draft podcast previewing the national championship game, Yep. just how good that unit's been all season. I think coming into this game, it was like 12 points per game allowed, like 250 yards or so. Well, LSU rang up. 21 and 269 in the second quarter alone. Right. Yep. I mean, that really was a ball game. But that Burrow throw on the wheel route in the back right corner of the end the zone. The touch and the anticipation on that throw. Like, I mean, so just good. perfect placement. Um, and he was he was on the money most of the game. He's, they started a little bit slow. He really kind of got into a rhythm. Uh, the rest of that offense really just kind of filed suit. Jamar Chase had a big game, the Blitnikoff winner, uh, as the best receiver in college football. Certainly did an outstanding job. Uh, in that game, and you know LSU, they were able to just they were able to put it together. They, I think there was a, dr- a certain point in the second half where they had scored, or was it five straight drives? Uh, and Clemson, just you know, in the second half, just couldn't get things going. They 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 struggled offensively again. I mentioned uh, Lawrence did not have his best game. I'm interested to go back and kind of watch the film, break it down. Just watching it on TV, obviously we don't get to see everything. Uh, we talked last week on the show about I was interested to see both defensive coordinators and what their plans were for their respective quarterbacks. Uh, it looked like Dave Aranda and, and LSU. 
just they, they had answers for, uh, for Clemson and for Trevor Lawrence. So uh, very interested to see how that looks. But uh, a big win. It really, it was it was a fun game to watch because there wasn't a team that I was like rooting against. I thought there was, I was really happy to see LSU win. Would have liked to see Clemson win as well. Uh, really liked a lot of players on both sides. You didn't like from the very jump, first play of the game, Tigers come out with the trick play on yeah. offense. And you right there said, you really want to set the tone, national title game. You've got, you know, either the or the second best quarterback in the country. You're really going to go this route to begin the game. That to me, that's an under, that's an underdog move. Like to come out with a trick play on the first play. Um, you know, if and that that's just my that's my take on. And I get the idea of it of like, okay, we're going to come out and we're going to you know catch them off guard. And you know, to me, that's different than we're going to take a shot downfield and be aggressive. That to me is like a. All right, we're going to need to pull out all the stops. That's mm-hmm. kind of – and I'm sure LSU – honestly, if I was LSU and if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm thinking like, oh, like they're, they're, they're not – they're a little bit worried that we're going to be able – that they're going to be able to keep pace uh, with what we can do. Um, but that's, that's, you know, that's my thought on it. But um, big news, college football and NFL draft related as well uh, today. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, uh, the Iowa defensive end, announced that he was going to enter uh, the 2020 NFL draft. We were kind of awaiting that news. We're still waiting on Tristan Wirfs. And the reason why uh, – and Tristan Wirfs is the talented offensive tackle. Well, the reason why this impacts the Eagles is that Epinesa is a player that a lot of people feel could go in the top 20 of this draft. So, uh, again, another player that bumps another talented player down to the Eagles and be available for them uh, in the latter stages of round one. Also big news coming from the LSU win, Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, is reportedly taking the offensive coordinator job with Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. Unbelievable. When you look about his rise, like he was an offensive GA at Penn State five years ago, and now he's a 30-year-old offensive coordinator in the NFL. That – that is wild. Like that is, I mean, people made a thing about like Sean McVay and like his like this. That rise is faster than McVay. To me, it just shows the importance of coaching. You know, in football across the board, that you can have talent, but you need someone to be able to get the best out of it, and that's going to be something as the Eagles are in a search for their offensive coordinator right now. Yep. You've got all. You've got Carson Wentz. You've got one of the young elite quarterbacks in the game. Who's going to help compliment Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson's a play caller. Who's going to help him continue to grow Carson Wentz and get the best out of him? I think, too, if, if for everyone listening at home, that's a – like, no matter what you do in life, like, that's a – like, make the most of your opportunity. You only get one shot. Like, you know, I mean, no one knew who Joe Brady was a year ago today. No, no one no one knew who Joe Brady was. He was a, a, a low-level coach for the New Orleans Saints who took a job as a wide a position coach for with LSU in the, in the SEC. Like – no one knew who Joe Brady was. Uh, there was very little buzz, certainly nationally. I know, obviously, in the SEC uh, and covering LSU, people knew, you know, that there was a little bit of buzz there. But, um, you know, now he's a national name. Everyone knows he's credited with the number one pick and the Heisman Trophy winner. And now he's the youngest offensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, it's a really, really cool story. We'll see uh, how, how he's able to do for Matt Rule in, uh, in Carolina. All right, well, let's get uh, now to what some of the action we saw here uh, from the East-West Shrine game, or East-West Shrine Bowl. Excuse me. Oh, okay. What's that, the second time I've done that uh, all week? That's not too bad. There's a, there's a jar. Usually you have a swear jar. Right, This yeah. is the uh, Shrine game jar. So yeah, it's, it's not going to get us too much. We've been pretty good about that this week. But uh, let's get to it now. Let's look at the top six players that we saw today at practice. It's time for Pick 6. Now it's time for Pick 6. All right, so for Pick 6, I let you go first yesterday, C-Mac. Uh, I'll take the, you I'll let take me the go first? Yeah, yeah I, let, I let you go first yesterday. 
All right. That was agreed upon, yeah. but fine. Okay. Right. So today I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with a guy uh, that I watched very late in the process. I hadn't watched him when we did our preview podcast last week, uh, and that's Mason Kinsey, wide receiver from Berry College. Where? Berry College what? is a small school, D3 school, I believe in the mountains in Georgia. Okay. All right, so D3 school, a uh, lot of limited – there's not much film out there uh, of this kid, but <laughs> – uh, I'll tell you what, here's what I saw when I watched him. Number one, he was a very productive player, so that you know you kind of know that going in. Uh, was consistently productive at that level, which you would imagine if you're here at this game, you're at that level of competition, you better put up big numbers, and he certainly did. Um, but a very crafty player. He sets up defenders well as a route runner, was really confident with everything he did. You really just kind of played with that – you know, that level of, like, confidence and competitiveness and swagger that you're looking for, uh, certainly at a skill position spot uh, at that level of competition. I was really hoping that coming into this week that that would carry over and you'd see that, and I thought we saw a little bit of that today. Uh, was really, really consistent at the catch point. I think ultimately we're looking at a guy who, you know, maybe he's never a number one or number two receiver, obviously, right? He's uh, a little bit undersized. He's a little bit shorter, more of a, slot, a possession slot guy, but I think that he's got that ability to be that type of player uh, in today's NFL. Mason Kinsey, I thought, had a good day and is a guy that at this game I'm very intrigued to watch more of. I, I would love to get the background info, especially if he's selected by the Eagles down the line right. in terms of how does a player end up at Barry? How does that player end up? That, that's what's I never so heard great. of Barry College before he got no. – like, he was one of the first announcements for the game, and I couldn't get any – I couldn't find film on him for – Three months, four months, and it was literally like my last shot. It was like, all right, it's Friday before I leave Monday. I'll try one more time, and I was able to get some. And uh, you know, I watched a couple games, and he's an interesting player. Really was it interesting player. grainy film? Was it? It uh... wasn't too bad. I've seen much. <laughs> I've seen much, much worse than uh, what Barry College was putting on. To me, though, it's like the the Fred Jackson Co College. Like you know, now everyone knows Coke. You hear Co College, you think of Joe ja- of uh, Fred Jackson. Mason Kinsey, maybe uh, he turns into that, puts Barry on the map. All right, so player who stood out to me today was during the West team practice in the afternoon. Okay. Sticking with wide receiver. Yep. Big school, certainly everyone's heard of the University of Indiana, and it's Nick Westbrook. 6'2", 215 pounds, was great at attacking the football on comeback routes today during one-on-one drills to flash to the quarterback, made some savvy catches in traffic, was very impressive from that standpoint. Sure. Uh, but there was one contested catch that he had deep down the left sideline yep. later during a team period. There was some discussion between the refs and the defensive backs coach from the Colts, who's working with the defensive backs here for the West team, about whether it was a catch or not. To me, it was clearly a catch. Uh, but Westbrook went up over two defenders, got the ball, and came down inbounds uh, with two feet. And I'll, you know, to me, you know, it's something that you want to see is can he do that? at the next level. So for me, uh, because he was making plays throughout the course of practice uh, and flashing that size, using it to his advantage, being aggressive with the ball, uh, tip of the captain Nick Westbrook for his outing today. I agree. He really flashed. Uh, and you mentioned the one, the, the slant route that he caught over the middle. Was, uh, that was a really tough catch. Yeah. Took some contact, went to the ground, held on to the football. He's a big kid. I mean, he's 6'3". He's almost 220 pounds. Um, the thing that, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get closer to the combine. You know, I love writing the preview articles and who are guys that could surprise. For a guy that's his size, like he was a, a high school lacrosse player and a, and a good track athlete, okay. uh, ran 300 meter hurdles, which is not that's like a that's a hard event. I mean, you run a hurdle at 300 meter, like that's that's a tough a, a event to go through. He was also a long jump and a triple jump guy. He knows what he's doing in those kind of events. It wouldn't shock me if he kind of surprised some people for a big receiver. 
running at the combine. That could be something to, to keep an eye on. He could certainly, he's a guy that would help himself with a good workout because when you watch him on film, he's not like a guy that you're like, oh man, like this guy's going to be known for his athleticism. I think that's one of the questions people had coming in. I agree. He looked, he looked good today and he ran by people. I mean, he ran by that corner on that long, on that fade. I was, was that uh, the West Virginia kid that he ran by yes. uh, Keith Williams. I, I believe that it was the West Virginia kid, but um, no, it was the Minnesota kid. He ran by Williamson. It was Williamson. It was Chris Williamson. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, Westbrook, he's he made some plays today. We'll see if he can uh, if he can carry that through to, to tomorrow. All right, let's get to my next guy. Yesterday, I talked about a West team defensive tackle in John Penasini from Utah, who had a really good day again today. Very easily could have picked him for pick six. I didn't want to be too repetitive. So, Penasini had another strong day today. He's one of the best players here in terms of how he's performed. But a guy who really flashed today was Michigan State's Raquan Williams. Uh, and he made plays yesterday as well. So yes. it's not like he just showed up on Tuesday. I think when you look at Raquan Williams, uh, he's a guy, Ben Fennel broke him down in our preview podcast last week. Well-rounded player. Probably a better run player overall. Showed up really well in inside zone. Uh, in the Or inside run, rather. In the inside run, 9-on-7 period. Uh, consistently changed the line of scrimmage uh, for that West defensive line. Knocked guys back. Had a really nice spin move during one-on-ones as well. Uh, and was able to get home. I forget exactly who he beat one-on-one in the drill but uh, this is a guy that look to me coming into the week he was a guy that I would say peg no question he's in the bucket of players that definitely is going to make it in the NFL and play like Raquan Williams is going to play in the NFL um, again we're talking third fourth defensive tackle type of player potential starter down the road um, but he's going to play and I thought he flashed today. he showed that kind of ability tremendous character yes inspiring backstory no doubt from Chicago has lost close family members to gun violence, yep. uh, but has found his way out of you know the struggle of, of Chicago and has himself on the doorstep of making it to the NFL. So uh, amazing, amazing story. But yep. and I agree with you. Over the last two days, been a consistent force there. No in the question. Of the defensive line. I mean, we did a draft. wasn't done on purpose, but I went with an East team defensive tackle, okay. and it's McTelvin Ajim. From Arkansas. Yeah. Scrappy interior player who was just giving Darrell Williams of Mississippi State all kinds of problems, especially during a one-on-one drills during practice. Was going against him repeatedly yep. and had Williams frustrated. Williams has struggled a little bit. I've, I watched him a couple of years ago for the first time. I was watching um, – Oh, who's the kid that went to in the second round last year? Elton Jenkins yes. to to Green Bay, and he was a, a starter for them as a rookie this year. Uh, watched Williams play next to Elton Jenkins. And Williams, he looked good as a sophomore. Um, he moved to center for the first time this year, and he was still, he had issues with like the snap and stuff like that yesterday. It seemed like did he play more guard today? I didn't notice as much. Uh, definitely the one on ones they had him yeah. over center. But He's an athletic sure. kid, though. I mean, that's the, his. He'll hang his hat on his athleticism. But uh, Ajim got the best of him a couple times. Best, of, but not just not just Williams. Not to be you know sure, unfair to Williams, course. but consistently whoever he was lined up against, um, just very quick off the ball, uh, very crafty, able able to squeeze by the offensive lineman, and he was just he was very vocal as well. It was just watching the one on ones. I came away and it's like you know starring. Uh, Ajim is a guy who clearly stood out from that part of the practice. He, it should be noted, too, he was uh, an, uh, a five-star recruit coming out of high school, was a big-time recruit uh, from Texarkana, Texas, which 
Uh, Jeremiah Trotter. That's right. Man, yes. Um, and was a SEC all-freshman pick his freshman year. He's, he's played consistently throughout his career at Arkansas. Started half the season his freshman year uh, and made some plays. But um, former defensive end as well. Made the transition full-time to defensive okay. tackle. Uh, so, you know, he was a five-star D end who I think just put on more weight than they expected, and it ended up just kind of sliding him inside uh, to de-tackle. But, uh, no, Ajima has certainly flashed a little bit. Uh, my last player, I'm going to go with a, a position that I don't normally pick in these events. And it's t- – it's, Kicker? It's, no. Uh, <laughs> that's a, a good one. Uh, it's typically tough to see running backs stand out at All-Star Game events because uh, – especially as runners. In receivers and as, as receivers and as pass protectors, you can see it. James Robinson, a number of times today, he's a small school running back out of Illinois State. There's two Illinois State, uh, Illinois State kids here, and he's one of them. James Robinson consistently made it. He had like two or three runs where, number one, he was not touched getting through the line. So you give credit to the offensive line as well. Um, but where the coaches behind uh, the action yelled, that's the cut right there. And you can kind of say it like, okay, like, they, they see it, and he saw it quickly and was able to get downhill. Um, watching him on – he's a little bit short, but he's stocky. He's kind of built like – you know, you would talk about like uh, like a Ray Rice, like a uh, – you know, we've talked in the, about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like in terms of like the Brian Westbrooks, the Mark Ingrams, the Austin Ecklers. Like he's built like those kind of guys. There's a guy, Benny LeMay from Charlotte, is built the same way. Um, there's a bunch of guys that kind of – that have that kind of a build. They're short – but they're stocky and they're you know they're they're thick and stocky and he's got uh, kind of that skill set. He's really tough downhill. He's a really good pass protector. The question I had was, is he a dynamic athlete for a guy that's you know a little bit shorter on this on the underside side? But I thought James Robinson really ran the ball well between the tackles. And again, it's tough to see that sometimes from field level and against in this All Star setting. But it seemed that the coaches were really impressed with his ability to do so. At least watching it on the field today. So going back to the preview episode player who I had inquired about was Shaquille Quarterman from Miami. Yeah. And pretty much you and Ben were in agreement that he's going to be a thumper, a rundown linebacker, yep. stuffer, should ex- excel in those drills. And he did exceptionally well. Yes. And other players were actually, you know, asking who were some of the players who have impressed you that you've gone against. And running backs were telling me really? Shaquille Quarterman fills in those gaps, knows where to be, good instincts, very quick to the hole. It gives you no room, no room to run. So he was very active. Like early on, I wrote his name down like three times, four times. Uh, you know, watching some of those drills, uh, he consistently was able to show up. I, I, I agree. He was a guy that definitely stood out uh, here today. All right, let's get, uh, let's get the next segment. A little bit of a, a throwback here, C Mac. Welcoming uh, Bo Wolf back, back to the podcast. So we'll get to that now in Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Well, this is fun because this is uh, a return back to the the origins of jo- the Journey to the Draft podcast. Eagles Weekly. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far. But uh, welcoming back Bo Wolf to the show. You Thank have you for- your last Journey to the Draft would have been, whew, would have been April of 2015. 15. 15. Yeah. Wow. What was that draft? Fifteen. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. this is uh, almost five years later. Uh, you're back to the yeah. Journey to the Draft to where. You and I have done many podcasts from our hotel That's here at right. the Grand Plaza uh, Hotel and Resort. I like that you didn't say it on yesterday's episode, but now because you know you're checking out tomorrow, it's safe. safe. But yeah, I think we're say. safe to say. Yeah. 
Because you never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah right. you never know. Um, but Trip down memory lane, no Murphy bed. No tonight. Murphy bed, as the longtime listeners uh, can attest to uh, us referring to the Murphy bed uh, in this room. Partial beach view, though, which is which is nice. And CMAC uh, this time. And CMAC this time. So uh, you know, the three of us back together again. And we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing we did yesterday uh, with one Benjamin Solak, where we're gonna get your thoughts on five players that have caught your eye over the first two days okay. of practice. Um, we'll we'll see who, who's your number one guy. Well, so we've talked about this, and the way that I look at the Shrine Bowl. Shrine Bowl, correct. A little is, bit of an adjustment. Like, if a guy, if I'm going to really like a guy here, I have to, I have to uh, not only like, like what I see, but understand why he's here and not at the Senior Bowl. Okay. Right? Like, yep. if there's some, like, big plotting wide receiver who's overpowering small corners from a big school I, I just don't really believe it. Like, if he's that good, the production would have been good enough or he would have been uh, recommended by scouts to go to the senior bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm skeptical. So, like, the guys I've liked in the past are usually small school guys or guys the who X-Man. have some kind of special trait. X-Men's my favorite. The X-Men. Xavier, Xavier Williams. Williams. Mm-hmm. I was looking him up the other day. I didn't even realize he's still in the league. I, still I, I was strong. giving myself a pat on the back that yeah. he's had such a long career. Uh, so, uh, of the of – the, well, before we get to the small school guys – the guard who I really like, and this is he's been my favorite uh, player of two days, uh, Kevin Dotson, the Louisiana. That's not Louisiana Lafayette anymore. It's just Louisiana. It's just Louisiana. They, they did, Where it, like, they, they like, did what, it like three or four years ago. That doesn't seem fair. They can just claim the state after. Uh, apparently, yeah. So you have LSU, Louisiana State, and then the, the, you know Louisiana Monroe. They they get the they get right. the shaft here. But I, I think when you look at Dotson, he, he looks he's like good. there are a couple guys. Two of the guys on my list are guys who just to me they look physically much more like NFL players than a lot of the other guys out here. And, so and he is one of them. The year before our first trip down here. Okay. So our first trip was twenty January of 2012. It was the Earl Wolf year. That's all I remember. Wow. Okay. So this was 2013. Probably so 12. The 2012, yeah. the 2012 one was Brandon Brooks came down here. Right. And was dominant. I, we weren't here, but right. I remember all the reports were that he was just dominant, blowing everybody off the ball in the run game. Was great in pass and pro. coming from the MAC, right? Yep. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. And now Dotson was a first team All American, uh, which is nuts. What's he doing here as a first team All American? I think just the, you know, I think when you look at his tools, that's what okay. people I think have questioned. And you know, I think when you look at and that's. I give Jim Nagy all the credit in the world with mm-hmm. how he's running the Senior Bowl. He is not going to go off headlines and like you know accolades and stuff like that uh, when he's inviting guys. He's going to go off traits and who he thinks scouts and that. And Phil Savage was the same way uh, previously. Um, you know to go okay, we're going to go with Robert Hunt who has less accolades and is, you know hasn't started as many games. Fewer accolades. Same school. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know from the same school. You know, Robert Hunt is at the Senior Bowl next week, okay. and Dotson is here this week. It's, okay. it's uh, an interesting dichotomy So there. what can Dotson do well? What are his strengths? Sure. I think when you looked at him, you could see the experience, number one. He was a really smart player. Uh, the question I had was his overall athleticism. When you talk about tools and stuff like that, I wasn't sure about the foot quickness uh, and his ability to hold up one-on-one in pass pro. You watch him here. I mean, he's been – and offensive linemen are at a disadvantage in mm-hmm. one-on-one drills you know, every rep. Um, when you look at him here, he's 6'4", he's over 320 pounds, and he's looked good changing direction, you know, holding up one-on-one. Uh, I had no questions about his strength and his ability to hold up from a physical standpoint. It was on an island, which you know, you're not off in that way as a guard, but when he's left one-on-one, how is he going to look? Is he going to be exposed? I thought he would make it as a backup O-lineman. 
he if he can you know prove it, especially we'll see how he tests the combine and things like that. If he's able to put some of those athletic questions to bed, I think that'll do him well. And listen, I listened to the show and I heard you say yesterday. If they really like him, maybe they're going to start moving him around. They moved him today from right guard to oh, left guard. did they? Guard. See, yeah. I, see, I watched the skill guys for that group yeah. today, and I didn't focus much on the O-line, so they moved him around well, a bit. There you go. Beautiful. All right, well, that's that's good to know. Okay, my number two guy yes. is, uh, like I said, I'm skeptical of the receivers, and I know Eagles fans are looking for receivers with juice. There's only one guy here who I think has been like able to separate and show speed. And, I mean, we're talking about probably like a sixth or seventh round pick here, but uh, John Hightower from Boise State is the guy. I mean, he's – don't get me wrong, he has dropped like three or four passes. He does not look like he has good hands. But he is a guy who maybe if you think you can coach up, he at least has the physical tools, I think, to, to create space at the next level. Well, you are uh, talking about a guy that Dane, our friend Dane Brugler is very high on. Oh, okay. He's big on John Hightower. I believe, and I don't want to misquote him, I believe he was in a top 50 for Dane back in like October. Ooh, Dane, uh, of course, works for The Athletic. Of course. Um, and Dane does an outstanding job. Uh, I think when you look at Hightower – He's one of those guys that when you come down to this game has a unique trait. His speed, um, he's built like a Will Fuller, has some of the same Will Fuller uh, strengths and weaknesses. He's got that ability to stretch the field, uh, ball skills, ball tracking, finishing at the catch point, a little bit inconsistent. I saw that on film, and we've seen that a little bit here. Uh, C-Mac, I know he stood out to you at numerous times, and they've used him in a lot of different ways too. Indeed. They got him on a reverse in yesterday's practice on uh... – Today's Tuesday, so Monday's practice where you could see him fly up and dart up the field yep. and you know, be able to get away from defenders. So you can't teach speed. That's yeah. obviously one of the biggest, like you said, it's a defining trait that he could bring to an offensive yeah. team. He's, he's got that in his bag for sure. All right, let's. Uh, who's number three? My number three guy is the other guy who, after Dotson, I think just compared to the other players at his position, more looks like an NFL player to me, and that's Michael Walker, the Fresno State linebacker. He's a little bit taller, a little bit thinner, but – uh, he showed a little bit. Of, they were moving him around a little bit today. He yep. was playing on the line as sort of the under Sam linebacker. Yes. But uh, I, I, I like him. He, and he moves well. He looks to me like more of an NFL caliber athlete than the other linebackers. So he brings me back a little bit. Were you were you with me when Devontae Campbell was here from Minnesota? I was okay. You know so. who he reminds me of is uh, just a guy who stood out physically. Uh, was the who was the Texas the, linebacker at the Senior Bowl who went to Washington? Keenan Robinson. Yes, correct. He's a little bit thicker yeah, up top. Yeah, sure. Yep. But that's very high cut. Like, yeah. yeah, no question. That's a good one. I like that one. I think, oh, when you look at Michael Walker, um, size, sideline to sideline speed is there. The flashes are really good. And he, I mean, with the 100, I, I remember he was one of the first guys I noticed when they walked out in the field, that West team. Uh, and you said, like, okay, yeah. like, this kid, like, looks like an NFL player. He's an off the bus guy. He is an off the bus guy. The yes, that is correct. He is, he is definitely an off the bus guy. Um, and I think when you look at Michael Walker, uh, you're betting on the traits. I think that he's a little bit uh, very similar to Devondre Campbell when he was coming out of Minnesota and what we've seen with him uh, as a starter for the Atlanta Falcons. He's a fast flow player, so uh, you know misdirection, backfield action, anything that can kind of get his eyes going one way. If you're an offense, okay, he's going left. We now have the ability to go right, and he might be a little bit slow to react there. That's the the weakness. That's why he's here and not at the Senior Bowl next week. Because if his instincts were top shelf, we're talking a guy. Okay, he's got size, speed, and instincts. He's a you know a top fifty, top seventy five pick. Um, but that, I think that's the question with Michael Walker. Again, Campbell was here at this game a few years ago, was a rookie starter. I mean, he started right away for Atlanta. Walker could be that kind of a guy. Okay, I like now, that. Who's your fourth guy? My fourth guy is now I looked back at those rosters from the last few years. Okay. Not a lot of uh, running backs have come out of the Shrine game, which right. sort of makes sense, right, because the best running backs are probably going to come out early, 
and then the other guys are either going to go to the Senior Bowl or like the running back at least you can trust pr- college production probably more than other positions, right? Sure. Uh, but so if you're looking for a guy who's, who could have a role, a guy who I like, uh, I think I like a little bit more than you do maybe, is Adrian Killens, the uh, small running back from Central Florida. I see a lot of juice from him, and as the man who invented Boston Scott, <laughs> I feel like I, I can speak with some authority. Yeah, I think when He's you, got good hands. He's got guy. good hands. I think when you look at him and, and Levante Bellamy out of Western Michigan, who is on the – He's on the west, and Killens is on the east. Or are they both? On the, they're not both on the same team. Uh, Killens right? is on the east. Yeah, Killens is on the east, and Bill and Bellamy is. Yes, that's oh, correct. Yes, correct. So I think when you look at those guys, very similar kind of skill sets. They're both undersized. Um, they're both explosive athletes. You know, Bellamy. Uh, we talked about it last week on the preview show. Uh, some people believe could break four three. Um, Killens is that kind of a guy as well. There's no uh, you know reported times with him yet in terms of the 40 time, but uh, when you look at his track numbers, that speed that we saw on the track and what we've seen from a number standpoint show up on the football field. Uh, there, there are some guys here at this game that you know they've got that similar track background and you don't see that speed. Mm-hmm. He's a guy you see that speed, and he can certainly impact a pass game. He's just he's just small, and I mean, it's one of those ones thing. where you also have to like you have to take into account what we're seeing here because he's going up against slow linebackers. Yep. It's you know a a running back against a linebacker with the full field open is like a, it's a total mismatch. He's the running back should win those, but uh, he he seems to be able to get real separation and he catches the ball well. Yep, I, I think if you're looking for you know a guy like in a Tariq Cohen mold, yeah, well, we're talking like a sixth seventh round pick, no question. Yeah. Yes, a guy who I think I think could stick. I think so. And then the last one, I I'm gonna pull a bit of a uh, an audible because I was gonna go with Chris Williamson, the Minnesota corner. I would have liked but, that pick. Yep. But and he's he's been really impressive. He seems like a you know he's got the right personality. He's made some really nice plays. He's get who's that defensive backs coach on the West team? Who's oh, from very, the Colts? From the Colts. Yeah, he's getting really hyped up, and he's he, Williamson is a big part of that. But I I feel like I am I'm second guessing myself because it doesn't look to me like he can play on the inside, and he's a big he's a Big school outside corner, and I, uh, thinking back to the past, I don't, I don't mm. see a special trade from him. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot from that. Okay. I mean, I was thinking about going to Mason Kinsey because I, I like him too, oh and, and yep. you can explain why he's here. Tiny school, right? D three. Uh, I think you are a little bit higher on him than I am. Yep. But I'll, instead, I'm gonna go with Bravion Roy, the oh. enormous uh, Baylor defensive tackle. He flashed a bit today. of a bigger school. But I like that's like my favorite type of player is a real squatty defensive tackle. Reminds me a little bit of Brandon Williams from the Senior Bowl a couple Ooh, years ago. Very nice. He uh, so I actually watched him on the flight down here and look at you with the uh, in-flight well, Wi-Fi. Well, so he is a an interesting player because of his size and he's got some initial quickness. I mean, he can come he's off the ball. He's listed as six one three thirty three. Yeah, he he can come off the ball a little bit. Um, is a little bit more, you know, a little bit quicker than you would imagine for a guy that big. And he he got the best of some of those yeah. uh, West team offensive linemen today uh, this afternoon in one on ones. There was one play uh, where he bull rushed. He actually got Dotson uh, on a play, and that was uh, Dotson was at left guard. I noticed that it was it happened to be he was on the other side, so I wondered if there was something to that. Yeah, no, he uh, he they they he made some plays in that one. He was consistently in nine on seven. I was watching uh, inside run, and I love for an inside run drill to go right on the line. If I can get a seat like right on the line of scrimmage, mm. like to see right down the line and just see who's moving, who went, who's moving, who's yeah. changing the line of scrimmage, offensively, defensively. Bravion Roy was consistently changing the line of scrimmage for the defensive side. A um, couple times he got he got the guy lined up across from him, knocked back into the backfield. And you don't see a lot of guys with double V's in their name. Do you have a list? No, I, mean, I, he, I think there's a possibility he'd be the first in NFL history. The first in NFL history? Possible. Oh, there's no shot. He's double the first V's? In, there's no chance. You don't see a lot of double V's. Are we going just first name and last no, name? No, anywhere or? in there. 
I, I have a feeling that that's not true. You find me the double V. I'll, I'll keep you posted next time you're on the podcast. Okay. Well, it was uh, this was this was fun. We've this got an extended ver- extended version uh, over on the uh, the Birds with Friends podcast. That's we'll right. let you give a little bit of a plug. Yeah. Um, it'll be what later uh, late Tuesday night. Late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, whenever you want to listen to it. Yeah. The uh, the Shrine Be Owl Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> and then a uh, friend of the show, obviously Tony Pauline, will be uh, on as well, right? Tony Pauline, Ben Ben Solak from the Draft Network are uh, all on. So just so literally everyone that's down here, like this is good about everybody on the show. Yeah, I should have got everybody else. Yeah. Like, uh, well. We'll keep it. We know the cast of characters. Yeah, we know the cast of characters. We know the cast. Fake Josh. Media. Fake There's Josh Norris. A, a there is a little media. bit less media this year than... Fewer media. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit less media than, uh, than in years past. Uh, I would say, I don't know for what reason, but uh, I know for a couple of guys that we know on a personal level, I've taught, they've, they've got their own reasons for why they're not here. I'm I, I'm a little bit sad that I won't be included in Pick Six, especially since I came up with all the segment names. That is so far from <laughs> untrue that you came up with. The You're segment right. Names. It is far from untrue. That's far from true. It's very Sorry, far, it is from far from untrue. From true. And no, what was the one that you called me out on that I came up with, Mister Relevant? I definitely you came up with Mister Relevant. You 100% did not because I remember. I absolutely came up. I remember with Mr. being Relevant. up at your and C Max desk and saying, "Hey, I came up with, with the guest name. It's gonna be Mister Relevant, Mister." And you guys were like, "Mister Relevant." I'm like, "Yeah, like Mister Irrelevant." Like, no the way. Hundred percent. I, came I up with do it. not think that's I right. Remember I remember exactly where I was standing. Well, if, I, if I were trying to gaslight you, you'd know it. If I, this is this a hundred percent true, I came up with the now, idea. Now, pick for the six name. used to be its own separate segment. On it the was website, back in the right? day. Yeah, that was we had a... rapid fire and pick six were our off-season segments. So you guys came up with pick six. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Mister Relevant was mine. What was the game uh, one? Oh, that, that was um, that on was the mine. clock. Ooh. Yes. Okay. On the clock. We and still have the all clock, these drafts, had, by the way. It had different. We had different types of games for on the clock. Oh yeah, we had we had a lot of good ones. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the things we definitely missed from the from the journey of the draft podcast. I still listen. Thank you. Well, Bo, Bo it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Really appreciate the time here uh, on the journey of the draft podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. I would this like was that. Fun. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a lot of fun. I'm hoping all of you guys at home that are longtime Journey to the Draft podcast listeners uh, were able to enjoy having Bo back on the show and the three of us. It was it was fun kind of recording uh, the three of us back together again, uh, talking uh, talking draft here on the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA. All right. Uh, I teased it earlier, top of the show, that we would talk about uh, or talk with Derek Tuska, the defensive end from North Dakota State. He has certainly flashed here the first couple of days. He actually caught up with Chris McPherson on Monday after practice since he uh, caught up with him. He He's our unofficial visit for today's show. The unofficial visit. Please be joined by Derek Tuska, defensive end from North Dakota State, and I guess I should say national champion North Dakota State once again. And Derek, can you describe what the last 72 hours have been like for you, winning the national championship in thrilling fashion over James Madison and now coming to the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, a lot has happened lately. Um, it hasn't really sunk in yet that, that I'm not a national champion. Uh, I mean, we got done at about 3 o'clock on Saturday. was on the plane at 6, heading over to uh, Tampa. So got to town at 11. It was a quick turnaround and been in the playbook and, and networking. So uh, it's, it's been a, a great experience so far, and it's been going a lot of stuff happening. It's been fun. Derek, Eagles fans are certainly interested in North Dakota State because of Carson Wentz, but it's pretty remarkable that you guys have kept the wing tradition even after he's left. What does that say about the program that the leaders who have come after Carson have been able to keep the ball rolling and there's been no drop-off whatsoever? Yeah, just that that culture that NDSU has. uh, 
I mean, it was set a long time ago, um, and, and Carson, that class, uh, they did a great job teaching the young guys and so forth. So uh, that's something that NDSU has done a great job, and it, it's, it's never once about a single individual player. It's always about the team, and that's, that's part of why NDSU has been so successful. How quickly did, did you learn that? I learned it pretty quick. Uh, my older brother played, Jared. Uh, he's two years older than me, so um, I learned I learned while I was still in high school before I even went there. So I had a good understanding of what it would be like when I got there. So did you want to follow in your, in your brother's footsteps? How did you end up at North Dakota State? Really close family. I'm really close to my brother, and uh, that opportunity presented itself, and, and I couldn't turn it down with, with the culture that uh, NDSU had, that, that winning tradition. So um, it was a great opportunity, and, and it wasn't one that I was going to let pass. What's it like to step from one big stage to this one as you try to prove yourself in front of all the NFL decision makers? Oh, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, I'm, I'm just blessed to be here, and, it, and it's been fun so far. Out here at practice, your first practice of the week, you had a, a pass breakup at the line of scrimmage, you had a sack on another play, all around great day. What did you think of your performance here in the first day? Uh, not too bad. Uh, got to watch some film, clean some stuff up, but uh, for the first day with a, a new defense uh, I mean I mean I think it went pretty good so we'll just watch film uh, later tonight and, and clean everything up but how are you utilized by the bison and how do you think that skill set will translate to the NFL so I, I was a, an edge guy um, setting edges with my with my legs with my speed so uh, between run and and then getting after the passer on, on um, passing downs uh, they moved me around a little bit, so I, I played both sides. Uh, we, we had some packages where I was lined up as like a mic um, and blitzing, so uh, I've been able to kind of bounce around all over the place, uh, played some special teams and stuff like that. So, Is there an aspect of your game that you're most proud of? Uh, I'd say my high motor. Um, that's something that not a lot of guys have, and, and you can't really teach it. So uh, I, I'd say between that and my, my athleticism. All right, C-Mac, uh, take us through your overall thoughts having talked to Derek Tuska. Very, very um, – the best way to describe it is you can see why that program has been so successful mm. year in and year out. Yep. Hardworking, uh, tireless effort, high motor, does all the little things needed for a program – to have continued sustained success. I mean, that, that's really the biggest takeaway for me, uh, speaking with Derek. Real great stuff about, you know, his hometown, where he came from, and his whole backstory. And, you know, it, it's an intriguing transition because it's like he's grown up with, like, not that FCS is small-time football, but it's like it's really making the jump to the big time here yep. where – you know, he's hopefully going to be playing in one of these NFL cities uh, in just a couple months. I'm going to be honest. Like, you look at FCS programs that put players into the NFL, uh, and you look at North Dakota State. I've been coming to these all-star games now seven, eight years, and with the Senior Bowl and with the Shrine Bowl, every year there's a couple North Dakota State kids. Every year. And this goes even before Carson. You, know, you go back to Billy Turner when he was coming out. He was at the Senior Bowl out of North Dakota State as an offensive lineman. It was a 2012-2013. And I think when you look at FCS programs, yeah, like every year there's going to be some teams where uh, they put a couple – there's a couple Illinois State kids here, okay? And the, and the Cardinals had a, had a good year, the Redbirds. They haven't had – I can't remember the last time there was an Illinois State player. Every year 
NDSU is putting players at these games and putting people into the NFL, and that speaks to the program uh, that they've built. Obviously, they've had elite talent like Carson, and they've had good players as well uh, across the board that have been mid-round picks. But, uh, no, it, it seems like this kid uh, certainly has flashed uh, over the first couple of days. I haven't done him on film yet, but excited to get uh, more eyes on him moving forward. All right, let's get now to the next segment of the show. We're going to wrap things up, get a couple of your questions at home in Draft Mailbag. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. All right, so we got two questions from Twitter, C-Mac, and I wanted to present them to the first one to you. Only because, two? Yeah, two that, oh. two that I liked. We, got, we had a couple more that right. I'll, uh, I'll hit up on, on Twitter as well. All I don't right. want to get too, too deep into the, into the weeds here. But, Fair enough. Um, first one is from at CLE underscore Spartans. Is Malcolm mm. Perry, the Navy quarterback, uh, who has been playing receiver for the most part, getting reps at other positions besides wide receiver? I know you talked with Malcolm Perry today. Uh, we've been watching that East squad. Have you seen him line up at running back mm, at all? No, I haven't yeah. seen him at running back. Um, talked about how the transition to wide receiver for him. You, ta- you talked with him after spoke practice. Spoke with him after yep. practice, um, largely because fascinating story, the fact that he's making the transition here. But his career game, best game of his career, was Army-Navy game at Lincoln Financial Field just a couple of weeks ago, and he totaled over 300 yards on the ground. Uh, So, obviously, it's a great question by CLE Spartans, a uh, longtime contributor to Draft Mailbag. Recognize the name right off the bat. Uh, The thing with Malcolm, I can understand why he might think, oh, is it a transition to running back a possibility? No, he, he shows fluidity, shows quickness, uh, just has to work on the hands and some yeah. of the minute details. Um, he's talked to Keenan Reynolds, who made the transition a couple of years ago from the Naval Academy. In fact, Keenan actually texted him like right after the Army-Navy game, mm. and they've been keeping in touch and you know helping him with uh, some advice as he makes the transition. So the biggest thing is at this point – don't worry about the athletic and the timing and testing drills when you get to these events like the combine. It's all about working on your route running, working on the finer minutiae when it comes to the position. I would say, too, with the, when it comes to the drops, a lot of times with young players and really anybody when they're making their transition, you have so much going through your mind. You know, this is a guy playing receiver for the first time. It's all, you know, it can be mental. The question is, 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 is it a physical thing where you can't catch or is it – He's thinking about his release. He's thinking about his route. He's thinking about trying to lose the defender. He's trying to think about, oh, yeah, now I have to catch the ball. You know, and, and trying to do that in this kind of a stressful environment for him, it, it, that's a little bit of a tough ask. So um, the teams will continue to work him out and continue to kind of work, put him through drills and see uh, if he's able to improve there. But that's certainly uh, a lot to keep an eye on. And he did play slot back early in his career there, which is basically their version of, of running back. Um, so he's got that in his, in his history. He's just 184 pounds, so at that size, it'll be a big ask. But, um, all right, last question. Uh, Ernie Purcell asks, how do, you, how, do you, how do expectations temper the range for prospects who are already expected to dominate at the combine? So, for example, if Henry Ruggs runs 4-3-5, does that really move him up anyone's board? Or if a Jalen Rieger from TCU ran 4-4-2, does that hurt him despite it being a fast time? So, Managing expectations with players. If we expect a guy to run 4-3 and he runs 4-3, are we boosting him up? I would say the answer to that question is no. Don't count it twice. Isn't don't that, count it twice. That's don't exactly count it right. Twice. I think you, when we go to the, the combine and we deal with pro day times and things like that, the, uh, the big thing that you're always see, to see, do the fast guys run fast? Do the slow guys run slow? If, there's, if the slow guy runs fast or the fast guy runs slow, 
Now you go back to the tape, or maybe we wait for extra reps and see, uh, you know, what the tape kind of shows us, or get background as to why that happened. You know, we, we all know the stories now at this point of guys like Jason Kelsey and Trent Cole and why they didn't test as well as they thought at the combine because of other circumstances, you know, feeling sick or uh, any of those, you know, those reasons. But um, no, I think when you look at a guy like Henry Ruggs, a guy like Jalen Rieger, yeah, the expectation is going to be those guys are in the four threes. Now, if a guy goes and runs four two five. It's DK Metcalf. Yeah, I, I was thinking back to last year with DK Metcalf, where everyone knew he was he was fast. a physical specimen, but why did everyone now put him in top ten of mock drafts afterwards? Well, it's he did, he was above expectation. There was a little bit of above, yeah. So it was certainly above expectation, and the reason he fell was obviously uh, other reasons. He was talking about the medical and you know just the uh, how raw of a player he was and things like that, but. No, it's a, it's a good question. It's something we'll certainly be talking about here over the next few weeks as we get closer to our uh, to the trip to Indianapolis for the Combine. Uh, I've got a really fun podcast actually coming up on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Quick plug for that real quick. Um, I caught up with a couple of trainers that train guys for the Combine. Talked through the process, both, phys- both physically and mentally. Uh, a couple of guys from some of the big training complexes that get guys ready for Indy. So you can uh, keep an eye out for that on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Eagle Eye, not Jeremy? That'll be Eagle Eye. No, because that's those are long. Those are long interviews. That's going to be like a, that might be like an hour long podcast. Uh, I don't want to, for a journey. That's that's a little bit tough. So uh, we might save. We might take a little bit of bite here to, to put on journey. But those will be Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast uh, coming up. We'll say in the next few weeks. But uh, that'll do it here for the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. A lot of fun day two uh, of the uh, of action here at the East West Shrine Bowl uh, in the books. We've got one more podcast from here in St. Petersburg. On Wednesday, we'll do another kind of a recap show and preview for next week uh, on Thursday as well with Ben Fennel once we're back in Philadelphia. But uh, until next time, we will see you, see you here on the Journey of the Draft podcast, driven by AAA.